Coming up in this episode of The Wheelhouse, defining accomplishment-driven leadership. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and this is The Wheelhouse. In this season of our podcast, we'll mix interviews and conversations with in-depth thinking around our three foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership, superior instruction, and powerful student care. You know, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student how incredibly distinctive and irreplaceable his or her life is. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Welcome back to the wheelhouse. I hope you enjoyed the last two episodes in my conversations with Candy Fowler, the principal at Hollis Elementary School in Hollis, New Hampshire. She'll be back later this spring uh, for more uh, conversation. Uh, but today I want to segue back to the three foundations of the our work that we will feature uh, within our episodes of The Wheelhouse, namely accomplishment-driven leadership, superior instruction, and, and powerful student care. And this week, I'd really like to start the conversation about accomplishment-driven leadership. Uh, and what what we're doing at Students Matters is really trying to redefine what we mean by leadership and what we think the realm of work that leaders need to do within schools uh, and districts. So, you know, in the frame in the framework, Students Matters connects leadership to the responsibility of growing and nurturing adults, adult capacity as a key ingredient of the district's teaching, learning, and leading infrastructure. And we've created an embedded new language, accomplishment-driven leadership, into that ESA framework as the overall overarching theoretical construct for the critical role that leadership plays in realizing continuous improvement. Uh, and so accomplishment-driven leaders move beyond the managerial role, and they even move beyond the instructional leader role to embrace this responsibility of ensuring growth. Not just student learning growth, which is, I think, the obvious, but more importantly, adult capacity building in all professional areas that are aligned to student need. So many of you might be saying, well, you know, that's what an instructional leader does. You know, perhaps by some people's definitions uh, of instructional leaders or managerial operational leaders. But let's just take a look at what uh, we see most commonly occurring uh, in, in these two areas. Um, managerial, you know, Zalesnick in 2004, you know, said that this really emphasizes rationality and control. And when you think about it, you know, a manager says, uh, what organizational structures do I need to put in place? Uh, what problems have to be solved? What are the best ways to achieve those results so that people can, conti can continue to contribute to the organization? Now, that's not 
a bad thing. And there is certainly an element of leadership that has to be focused on that managerial operational piece. What we argue, though, is that that's not going to contribute in a significant way to continuous improvement and to substantially improving outcomes for each and every student within the district. That there's absolutely room for this managerial or operational type of leadership, but it shouldn't be how we spend the majority of our time, right? We need to we need to think about putting those processes in place, putting those people in place, you know, and then making sure that they have what they need to be able to to do their work. But a principal or a superintendent, right, or any other leader can't spend the majority of her time or his time involved in simply operations and think that you're going to dramatically change the outcomes that either the district or the building produces for students or for adults. You know, and then there was this move, and there still continues to be this move and this conversation around instructional leadership. And for the most part, uh, Thomas Toke in 2019 would argue that that really means making time to get into classrooms. And so, again, you see that what happens in a lot of places is that that gets tied to the structures of evaluation. And so the principals try to spend a lot of time uh, in classrooms so that they can observe and provide feedback to teachers. Well, in most cases, that happens to be, you know, once or twice a year, sometimes more. Um, And that feedback is just that. It's feedback. And often it's tied to... um, to legislation in some states where um, evaluations and and performance can be used as uh, as a, a critical venture in in downsizing and and eliminating staff. And so what we've seen in multiple states is that this whole focus on uh, evaluation, and thinking about evaluation and growth, ideally and theoretically, you know, and I'm sure in many places it is possible that an instructional leader can uh, implement the district's evaluation process and can use feedback and good conversation and coaching to, to, to move adults forward. I just don't see it as happening as frequently as I'd like to see it. And we argue at Students Matter that this whole idea of adult capacity building and growth is really foundational to where we're going to need to go in order to get different results for each and every one of our students. And so Helen Temperley in 2011 argued that, you know, if principals are going to lead teacher learning and development, that they really have to know their class of teachers. They need to know what teachers already know, what they do well, and what happen, what teachers need in order to learn. And I don't think you, you really intimately know your teachers if you're in their classrooms for a quick walkthrough of three to five minutes, uh, even if that occurs, uh, you know, often, or, you know, doing those 
those evaluation observations, you know, even if it's two or three times a semester. You know, here at Students Matter, we really, we argue that uh, you really need to be in classrooms, in, in teachers' classrooms, you know, four or five times a month to really understand what instruction really looks like in a particular classroom provided by teachers. But I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Um, if you haven't read the the new book from ASCD, from Robin Jackson, Stop Leading and Start Building, I have to say this is a shameless commercial for, for her new book. I've never met her, but I loved reading the book. And there are a couple of things in there that I think are really important to the conversation. One of them is, is found on, on page 95. And she says, and I quote, you know, I can't blame this principal, really. After all, he was just doing what school leaders are trained to do. Check off a list of domains, subdomains, ideal teaching behaviors, identify a missing behavior, work to increase that behavior in teachers, and hope that the data will show improvement. End quote. Wow. Right? I, like Robin Jackson, believe that leadership is absolutely the key but leaders must focus on growth. They have to focus on enhancing the toolkits collectively of all adults who work in a building or a district. And then that work impacts students each and every day. And if you think about what Robin Jackson says about um, teacher evaluation, you can certainly see that as well in how we do school improvement. How there's got to be a better way for that. You know, I mean, we look at it from a deficit model, right? We collect a bunch of data. We find a problem. We develop a plan to address that problem. We hope the data shows improvement. And then we start all over again. Think about, in my state where I live, we've been doing school improvement for decades now. And I don't know a school improvement plan that has been written that doesn't include increased reading comprehension for students. Well, haven't we solved that in the last 25 to 30 years? We're still struggling in that model where we look for a deficit to solve some of the problems that we should fundamentally in public education already be good at. And so we argue at Students Matter, let's move away from that deficit model, whether that be in, in, in evaluation or in school improvement, and let's invest in our people. Let's grow our people, our team, our teachers, our parapros, our bus drivers, our support staff, and collectively pursue our strategic vision. And I think that is fundamentally where we really need to go. So let's think about what do we mean by accomplishment-driven leaders, right? Accomplishment-driven leaders move beyond managerial. They move beyond just being an instructional leader, and they understand and embrace that their responsibility is, is to ensure growth. Student learning growth, obviously, and repeating what I said earlier, adult capacity building, right? Growing our adults, investing in growing our adults in all the professional areas that are aligned to student need. And then we talk about 
in accomplishment driven leaders and and the coursework and the and the support that we're providing to districts around this idea we we define we use the term trajectory to define the path that accomplishment driven leaders take to reallocate their use of time and then to make that necessary transition from working as either a manager or leader or an instructional leader to one who is accomplishment driven or continuing continually and continuously engaged in facilitating and guiding the growth of others. You know, based on the Wallace Foundation research, you know, we argue that um, ideally accomplishment driven leaders demonstrate that continuum's forward momentum and really try to get to um, a goal of spending 80% or 50% of their time, depending on their role, engaged in that continuous improvement of teaching, learning, and leading at scale. And that goal from the Wallace Foundation is 80% for principals and 50% of their time for, for district leaders. And again, there are absolutely there are times when we have to be manager leaders and there are times when we have to be instructional leaders. Um, I'm just trying to change the conversation and to get principals and, and district leaders and even teachers to recognize that facilitating and guiding the growth of others is exactly where we're going to see, right? Where we're going to see Adults being able to make use of the infrastructure that we put in place and be able to make significant change that would then support each student every single day in every single classroom. So let's spend a few minutes that we have left breaking down this idea of accomplishment driven leaders, right? Now, obviously, all of this is done within the context of schools and districts. So it's all about teaching and learning and powerful student care. So when you think about our three pillars of work, accomplishment-driven leadership, it's all within the context of superior instruction and powerful student care. And those three pillars work re that become the foundation of that infrastructure that we help districts across the country put into place. But let's think about for a minute, what skills or competencies do we need as leaders to become accomplishment-driven leaders, and how do we get there? And we've identified, at Students Matter, we've identified five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership. And those five arenas are broad categories of, of um, competencies and skills uh, driven from the research, right, from researchers like uh, Corn Ferry, right, and um, the For Your Improvement from Public Impact and from other leadership entities. But we've identified from all of that great work what we believe are the five key arenas of accomplishment, and they are team leadership, poise, contemplation, guidance, and realization. And I'm going to define those for you here. Team leadership. We define it as using one's authoritative governance to steer a group or an organization toward the use of its discretionary effort. 
Now, as future episodes of the wheelhouse continue, we're going to explore and dive in more deeply into this. Today's episode is simply an uh, an introduction to accomplishment driven leadership. So, you know, I hope that as you listen to this, you're going to have more questions that you that than what you're probably going to see answers in this episode. And so, certainly, feel free to check out our website www.ourstudentsmatter.org or certainly drop us a line, the online academy at ourstudentsmatter.org, and we can talk about it further and answer some of those questions. But getting back to the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, the first one is team leadership, using one's authoritative governance to steer a group, a team, or even an entire organization toward the use of its discretionary effort. Poise, a personal commitment to leveraging one's own self-awareness, self-development, self-confidence, and resilience to lead courageously. Contemplation, using the contemplative practices of predict plan for and respond which contemplation is a is another pillar of our work at students matter but using that practice of predict plan for and respond to the ever changing needs of the district leaders teachers families and most of all to each and every child so there's this this focus on our own ability to think and problem solve right and, and to be deep thinkers about the work. So there's team leadership, right? How we lead groups, poise, focusing inward on where, on those things that we need in order to become courageous in our leadership. Thinking deeply, we call that contemplative practices. So contemplation is the third arena. The fourth is guidance, steering, supporting, and anticipating the ongoing growth of others to ensure their ever-increasing capacity to succeed in their role within the organization. And then finally, realization. Identifying and focusing on achieving the outcomes needed to realize the organization's strategic vision. So when you think about that, when you think about this concept of accomplishment-driven leadership, we certainly, you know, believe that as a whole, this is about how we spend our time ensuring the growth of all of the people for whom we're responsible. And that that occur and in order for us to do that, we're going to have to think about how well we steer or lead a group of, of, of a team, uh, whether it's a building team, a district team, right? Uh, to, to move beyond just doing what they have to do, but to move toward discretionary effort. We know that the, becoming an accomplishment-driven leadership requires courage. And in order to be that courageous leader, we've really got to focus in on knowing ourselves really, really well and, and focusing in on how we, how we, are aware of our strengths and weaknesses, how we develop our skills, how we develop that self-confidence and how we make sure that we are resilient, right? And that, and that we call poise. And then we have to be able to think d- deeply about issues and we have to think about how we predict, plan for, and respond to the ever-changing needs of all those people 
that we would be responsible for. And we have to guide those people that are in our organization. We've got to steer and we got to support and we got to anticipate their growth. And we have to keep ourselves focused on achieving the outcomes that we need, that realization in order to realize the organization's strategic vision. And so when you think about, you know, when we break this whole concept down in terms of what are those skills that are needed to become an accomplishment-driven leadership, we think that they all fall within one of those five categories. Team leadership, poise, contemplation, guidance, and realization. You know, as we continue within the, the wheelhouse, we'll be looking at is each of those arenas of, of uh, accomplishment-driven leadership specifically. You know, we'd be talking, you know, about accountability and our ability to persuade and our ability to plan ahead and our ability to drive results or to, to have that strategic mindset that we need or that or establishing and affirming the growth mindset of those people within our organization, our building, our district that we are responsible for. So this is, again, this episode has been just a brief introduction to what we define as accomplishment-driven leadership, one of the three pillars of our work in our teaching, learning, and leading infrastructure. And together, accomplishment-driven leadership within that context of, of a school or a district, coupled with superior instruction and powerful student care, right, will be a very different way of investing in and growing the organization rather than looking for deficits and trying to solve those deficits and hoping that in solving those deficits, we'll see some continued growth in the areas that we target. So thanks for checking out this episode of The Wheelhouse. We'll see you next week. And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. If you have something you'd like to share or a teaching or leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at onlineacademy at ourstudentsmatter.org and we'll add that to our lineup. Together, our goal is to continuously expand our own leadership and instructional expertise and to prove to each student that his or her life is of immense and irreplaceable value. This is hard work, but it is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we can do this. <laughs>